know, every time I go to Silicon Valley, I walk away inspired. You know, you can't help but visit these companies and, and walk away inspired by what's going to be next. And, you know, you're just uh, taken by, by those that are out there imagining what's possible and thinking about way, new products or new services, ways that we can, they can improve our lives. And to a certain extent, that is the same approach that I've wanted to bring to Capitol Hill when I was elected conference chair uh, and put in charge of the messaging, which, boy, after the 2012 election, <laughs> there were all kinds of ideas as to ways that the Republicans can improve on our communications effort. Um, but I want, to, I want us to be thinking anew as to how we as Republicans communicate and how we connect with people everywhere in this country and bring in a little bit of that Silicon Valley approach uh, where, you know, whether it's new products, new services, or public policy, it all starts with smart, hardworking, creative people that are thinking of ways that we can improve people's lives. And that's what we're doing here on Capitol Hill through public policy. We are promoting these ideas, these legislative ideas that are going to improve people's lives. And that's the way that we need to be communicating what we are about. That no matter what it is, we want a better life for you. So uh, if you come visit our offices at the conference, you'll see where we have an innovation lounge. We have digital labs where we do all of our training, where we want to be using these tools uh, and training staff and members. Uh, we're constantly bringing in folks that can uh, just make sure that we're up to speed and using these tools most effectively. Uh, every Friday is Innovation Friday at the conference, where it is bring your ideas as to how we can improve efforts uh, internally as well as externally as far as, as to how we're communicating. And yes, we have 234 Republicans on Capitol Hill, and part of part of our our job is to make sure each one of them individually has the tools and is uh, successful, but also collectively that we are. Um, make sure that people in this country know where the Republican Party wants to take the country, what that vision is that we have for America, what our aspirational goals are. So I, I kind of summarize what we're doing as um, four ways that tone matters. We cannot be allowed, we cannot allow ourselves to be defined as, as a stubborn or out of touch or, you know, only, only for the rich, tone matters. And so we have to be aware of that as we are thinking through our communications. And the whole the old adage about people don't care what you know until they know that you care is true. And so showing up matters. And we've really been promoting our members getting out and talking to people, talking to the non-traditional Republican voters. Uh, so we've been doing uh, a, a whole host of things to help encourage that, but part of it has been uh, a, a series called Meetups. And last week we had over a thousand Vietnamese Americans from around the country, 30 different states represented. This is our second Vietnamese American meetup where we're, we're talking with them and we could, this time, we could uh, celebrate the fact that the House has passed the Viet, uh, Vietnamese Human Rights Act, the Sanctions Act, uh, we are listening, we are taking action on issues that are important to them, but then also talking to them about a whole host of other issues that we're working on, whether it's job creation and economic opportunities or, or health care, uh, that also resonate with them. 
We, we did an Indian American meetup last year. Did you know that Gandhi's grandson is a Republican state representative out there in Kansas? He's actually Lynn Jenkins' neighbor. <laughs> I didn't know this <laughs> until we did our Indian American meetup. You know, and he came out and we, we highlighted him and celebrated him. We've done a lot of work with Hispanics, but it's not just in millennials. March was millennial madness for the Republicans, uh, where I was challenging my, my, our, uh, my fellow colleagues to go to the college campuses, the university campuses, engage youth leaders, both uh, on college campuses as well as other youth organizations across the country. We had a millennial meetup here in Washington, D.C., where we had invited a number of these youth leaders from around the country to come out here and, and have the chance to sit down with Paul Ryan and Aaron Schock and Jamie Hura Butler, some of our younger members. And by the way, we are younger than the Democrats. You know, for, for, and how we are allowing ourselves to be defined as the party of the old, rich, white guys, we are five years on average younger than the Democrats in the House. Did any of you know that? <laughs> we have 27 members that are under 40. Democrats have 13. Uh, our leadership team is 17 years on average younger than the Democrats. Okay, so when you think about youth and next generation, the Republicans have a great story to tell. So much of this, I think, is just us telling our story a little bit better. But, um, which also reminds me while I'm throwing out numbers. Uh, women, four out of five women governors are Republican in this country. Of the 10 lieutenant governors that are women, six of them are Republican. So there are women, dynamic leaders that are Republican showing how they can be done and they're doing it well. And we need to celebrate the leadership that they're bringing. So, so tone matters, showing up matters, our policy solutions matter. And, and you're seeing where we are very much um, committed, especially as we are heading into 2014, to presenting what those policy solutions are that we would like to see uh, advanced as Republicans. You've seen us put forward tax reform. We believe one of the best ways that we can get the economy growing in this country is to reform the tax code. Our tax code is too complicated, it's too costly. We all recognize that. Let's have the debate over how we can reform the tax code to create economic growth. I was meeting with uh, NAM recently, the, the manufacturers. The cost of doing business in America is 20% higher, minus labor costs, and it's driven by the tax burden. That's at the top of the list. The tax burden, the regulatory climate, the litigation, now energy, is, is, turning, is turning that in the other direction because energy costs are coming down and the energy revolution that's taking place in this country right now is really having a, an impact on the cost of doing business and it's really exciting. And we need to be celebrating and continuing to encourage more energy exploration and development in America and North America. But uh, the tax code needs to be reformed and we're leading the effort to reform the tax code. Healthcare, moving forward. Yes, the Republicans would like to repeal Obamacare. And we've made that clear. And we believe that this law is hurting more people than it is helping. You see that today more than ever. Uh, yes, the, the president right now wants to be, you know, kind of doing a victory lap over the seven million that he got signed up. But what about the millions of others who have received the cancellation notices that are having their premiums increased, uh, do not have access to the doctor that they've had 
for many, many years. Some, some of these cases are, are so important. Uh, people that are fighting cancer and they're being told now they can't go to the same doctor that they've had. Millions of people have been hurt by this law. And, and now it's up to us to make sure that America knows that there's a better way forward. We agree that the health care law needs to be reformed. No one wants to go back to the way things were. But we need to be putting forward what that path is uh, after four years of Obamacare on the books. And we're working on that. There's a group in the House. Kevin McCarthy and I have been leading a group called HOPE. That's the, the Health Opportunity, or Health uh, Oversight. Health Oversight and Accountability Project. And I kind of think of it as having two tracks. One track is focused on uh, policies, on legislative bills that we can bring to the floor in real time to help people that are being hurt by this law. And you see it this week with the uh, Todd Young's bill, the restoration of the 40-hour work week. That's, it, that's important. Uh, it's uh, CBO estimated that 2.5 million people are going to see their hours reduced if the 30-hour the rule stands. So we've been, uh, Todd Young has introduced this legislation. We passed it yesterday. And this is important, especially when you look at those that are going to be impacted for them disproportionately. It's, it's women. It is young people. It's recent college grads. Uh, so this is, it's been a great opportunity for us to message. And, and yesterday on the House floor, you saw us uh, really trying to define that bill in ways that would appeal to those groups. So, so, part of, so part of the HOPE effort is both in real time, the legislation that will uh, help people that are being most impacted, but the other part is to be putting forward our policy solutions. And there's still quite a, quite a debate within our conference as to whether it should be one bill or a series of bills, and, and we're working through that. But we are going to be clearly presenting what a, a Republican uh, reform to health care will look like moving forward. And, and that's a top priority. Um, um, there's other issues. Um, uh, I'll just finish by saying that policy matters and leadership matters. Um, and I, I am proud of the leadership that you've seen coming out of the Republicans in the House. Uh, uh, and, and it is my goal that we continue to be presenting in a way that people are going to want to follow our leadership. Uh, next week, I might just close with this one. Next week is, uh, on Tuesday, is Equal Pay Day. <laughs> You're not aware? You will be aware. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we are gearing up. Um, the women especially feel a responsibility on behalf of the Republicans to make clear that Republicans do support equal pay for equal work. And, and whenever asked that question, I've encouraged my colleagues to start uh, by saying, absolutely, Republicans support equal pay for equal work. You know, we did not support Lilly Ledbetter. That is a separate issue. Uh, equal pay, the Equal Pay Act has been on the law since 19, has been on the books since 1963. And the Civil Rights Act, Section 7, that in, was included, that in, uh, brought in uh, sexual harassment uh, was put on the books in 1964. This is actually the, the 50th anniversary of the Civil Rights Act. And so I think it's really an opportunity for us as Republicans to remind people 
that Republicans, male and female, were a part of both of those laws. Uh, we've been supported from the very beginning, and, and we are going to be uh, leading, uh, the Republican women in the Senate are going to be putting together an alternative, uh, but we're also going to be highlighting other bills that we believe are going to help women because if the because it really comes down to if the economy does well, everyone's going to do well, do better, including women. So uh, part of what we're going to do next week is both uh, review the history and highlight uh, the Republicans' commitment through the years. We're going to highlight the the Obama Obama's economy and the negative impact that it's having on everyone, including women. Then we're going to talk about some proposals that we have that would that we believe would be helpful. And it really get, uh, our ideas are more about updating laws to reflect a 21st century workplace. And you've seen that with Martha Roby's Flexibility Act uh, to give flex time rather than just the mandated comp time for hourly workers. We, I think, we can win if we're talking about how the workforce has changed and that so many of these laws were written. In the 1930s and 1940s, when you look at tax law, wage and hour, workplace laws, they need to be updated to reflect a changing workforce. And they need to be updated in a way that would give both employers and employees the flexibility that they want to uh, recognize that you don't need to be chained to your desk for a certain number of hours every day. That it is uh, allow the employee and the employer to to figure out what's what's the best way to get the job done and give them the flexibility that they need to do it and not penalize families when there's a the second uh, wage earner may go into the workforce which the current tax code does so we're working on that uh, that's that's some of uh, what we're working on uh, I, I fear that I've already talked too long so uh, I will wrap it up there say thank you very much uh, thank you Jim for having me here today and for a great trip again now yeah, yes absolutely oh, oh, yes please so, thank, thank you, you very much yes. You are going to, okay. So that means you, Ralph Hellman. Um, I'll let you be the first. Uh, oh, well, great. Uh, one of the propositions of Republicans have been uh, to, to take care of the poor, the Welfare Reform Act of uh, 96 that Republicans passed through, community renewal, a lot of faith-based stuff. A lot of the Republicans have been talking to Paul Ryan, one of your colleagues at the leadership table, Steve Sutherland, the public study committee, have been talking about fighting poverty. As an issue that can show independence and others that we care about the dispossessed and have a plan to lift them out of poverty, is that, has the leadership looked at that issue about how can we talk about that and, and, and inculcate that into everything that we do when we talk about policy? Right, right. Uh, great question. And the, the issue of, of poverty is it's a very important one. And I think uh, we need to be doing some more work. We've been uh, uh, there's been some great leadership, as you mentioned, by Paul Ryan and Steve Sutherland. Uh, and we've been working with uh, the Republican Study Committee. What I, we'd like to do is put together a, kind of a, a toolbox. That, and and uh, Frank Wolf has been a longtime champion on, on this issue, and he has some real practical ways uh, that Republicans could demonstrate that they are committed to the most vulnerable in this country. 
uh, and whether it's visiting the food banks in your district on a regular basis or uh, bringing uh, the faith-based community together to talk about these issues. He's, he's, he has some practical tools that we can use as well as we have the legislative piece. We need to be doing more. And I'm convinced that this is a way that, that uh, if we can demonstrate and, and better articulate how our policies are going to help the most vulnerable, those in need, those living in poverty, um, that's, that's going to translate to everyone in this country. So I, I think it's, it's, it's a worthwhile effort and we need, to do, we need to do some more work on it just to make sure that it uh, is done in, uh, in the right way. I was down at, uh, I was down at AEI's World Forum uh, two weekends ago, maybe it's been three. Uh, interesting discussion on the war on poverty. And Paul Ryan was there and, and he talked about uh, the importance of work, the importance of a job. You know, a job is so much more than a paycheck. It gives you dignity, purpose, it's the foundation for a better life. That job and, and, and how as Republicans we need to really celebrate and you know celebrate what a job is and also um, the importance of creating more jobs. That's the best thing that we can do for so many that are living in poverty. And it's a great message. And then uh, Senator Tim Scott talked about education, some of the education policies that would really uh, empower individuals and families and, and, and those that sometimes are, are stuck in poverty and don't have the opportunities for even that good education. And so that was, and then I was down there and I talked uh, from a disabilities perspective that um, you know, just because you have a disability doesn't mean that you should have to live in poverty. And yet the current system in this country is geared up, and it was well intended, but the whole system means that if you have a disability, you have to live in poverty. And uh, we talk about the 50 million that are living in poverty, 50 million people live with a disability. And I'm, I'm very curious how many, how much of that is an overlap because if you, so many with disabilities would like to work. When you look at SSDI, there's a, um, it's estimated between 70, if not more, 70% or more would like to work, but they, they aren't allowed to work because you aren't allowed to have more than $2,000 in assets and you jeopardize your health insurance in particular, which for many that have disabilities, they're frightened at the thought of losing their health insurance. And so it keeps them from even working. And we've, we've uh, through, through um, IDEA, uh, the Individuals with Disabilities Education Act, we have a whole generation of young people that have been through the, the K-12 system, um, have been mainstreamed, and you have much higher expectations uh, for life after school than just sitting on a couch at home. They want to be out in the workforce. They want to be working. And so that whole, the whole issue of transition to independent living and work and um, and how the system needs to be reformed to make sure that just because you have a disability doesn't mean you should be living in poverty is, a, is, a, is close to my heart. We have the ABLE Act, um, which is allowing people to, like a, a 529 account for, for education or an IRA account for retirement, this would be an account that you could set up to set money aside tax-free for those that have disabilities that could be used for transportation or housing or other support that you may need, but it encourages savings. It encourages people to actually, um, 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 you know, um, take care of their 
their family members. You know, when our son Cole was born, I was told don't put any assets in your son's name because someday he may need to qualify for one of these programs. Now, what kind of a message is that sending to parents in this country? You know, don't put it, you know, don't be putting any assets in his name. So anyway, um, so anyway, but I'm sharing this because, so we, we went through all this, and then uh, Larry Summers was there, and he says, yeah, that's all good and fine, but it just strikes me that this is election year politics on behalf of the Republicans, and that you really don't care about the poor. And, and at first I was angry that he said it. And then as I sat there, I, I thought, you know, I think, uh, I think he's probably speaking the truth, that that is how it sounds to him. Because for too long, the Republicans haven't been talking about the most vulnerable and the poor. And, and we, we, in our own minds, believe that our policies are going to help everyone, no matter who you are. But yet, we haven't connected that just to um, especially the most vulnerable among us in the world. So we need to be doing, we need to, to your point, we need to be talking about this more. We need to be uh, consistently uh, bringing this up in our messaging. And it, and it is a goal of mine. I think we're moving in the right direction, but there's more work to be done. vision and it's the same that we've been promoting over the last few years I think well what we're going to do in response we're going to continue to talk about why we believe that our policies and, and those related to Medicare are actually going to make sure that Medicare is is saved and that um, that there's some uh, people have some confidence moving forward that that program is actually going to be there and, and, and provide uh, important uh, safety net for those that are depending upon having Medicare and and we're the ones that are actually putting some ideas on the table. And we welcome their ideas if they have better ideas. But let's be honest about what challenges Medicare faces moving forward. And let's start talking about how, you know, what, what can we be doing to make sure that Medicare is going to be here for many years to come for those that are counting on it. So I don't, I don't think our message is going to change. <coughs> 